So you guys feeling a little stressed out right now? <laughs> um, I think that this is sort of a universal thing that's going on right now. Um, I had said this to a, a few of my clients this week, but my family and I were on vacation. So we kind of had been checked out of the news. We were, you know, aware of what was going on, but like not to the degree that, uh, of what was really happening all over the place. And we got home to our, back to our place. And that's when all the travel bans started. That's when all the schools started to close. Um, that's when I actually started tuning back into Facebook and like watching a lot of my friends really spinning out, like really spinning out on Facebook, posting every two minutes about all the horrible things going on and all the people hoarding toilet paper and just the fear and the anger and everything else. <laughs> I immediately was like, oh, this is serious. Um, but I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, I've got coaching. I've got tools for this. And I decided after I did a little bit of self-coaching and really started to shift my perspective out of the tunnel vision of what the next couple of weeks are going to look like, um, both locally, like, you know, just within my own home, within my own community and globally. So I wanted to use today kind of as an informal way to teach you the approach that I use. This is something um, I go really deep in with my clients. My clients all use this tool. And it was actually a really interesting experience yesterday because I thought for sure I was going to be coaching all day on fear and panic and worry. And I got on the phone with my clients and that was not the case. They were like, yeah, I had to coach myself about all of this, but like, hey, let's talk about the future. Hey, let's talk about the big wins that I'm celebrating. Um, and I think actually that might be the very first thing I really want to say to everybody. Being able to be future focused, and even though the future is uncertain, like the future is always uncertain, actually. We just live in a status quo that makes us feel like, you know, we, we know what's going to happen next Tuesday. And this moment, I think for most of us has really shaken up that status quo living where we actually have to think about what's going to happen and we don't know. So this was a moment where I watched as my clients were just so beautifully handling this. And I know for me, it's because of the coaching tools. I know for them, it was because of the coaching tools. Um, I even had people writing to me saying, thank goodness for coaching. Thank you for teaching me that tool. So I wanted to give everybody on today and everybody watching the replay, um, a sense of what that tool is and a way to start to use that and apply that. Now, for those of you who are here live, I would love for this to be interactive for you. So I actually want to do some coaching. If anybody wants to be coached live, if you are currently in a quiet space uh, and you have working audio and video on your on your phone or your computer, then I can absolutely coach you live. If you've never done Zoom before, there's a, a button that says raise your hand and that will just let me know that you want coaching. Now, I know that um, if you've never done a group call before, it can be like a little weird to say like, oh, I'm going to be coached and a whole bunch of people are going to watch. 
But I want to assure you that at least this is what I've noticed, fear and stress and worry, they thrive in the darkness. They thrive when we're not talking about it. Um, I think one of the, the big things that's really missing in our culture is understanding how to process emotions. Understanding that having negative emotions is totally normal. It's very human. It's really fine. Um, and being able to talk about those things in ways that are uh, constructive for you. So I'm going to teach some tools. If you decide you would like to be coached, I'm very happy to do that on this call. The other way you can do that if you don't have working audio or video is you can also use the chat function. So we have a little uh, button down there that says chat. You can actually type your question and I will coach you based on that question as well. Um, so let's just talk about stress. I would love to, for those of you who are here live, for you to type in the chat box the main things you are thinking about right now that are generating negative emotions, that are generating worry, that are generating fear. Um, for, for me <laughs> right now, we were on airplanes. We were flying, you know, through San Francisco. I didn't really have any worry or fear until I saw this kind of state of that airport and how many people were wearing masks and how many people were very jumpy. And I was like, oh, I'm not really afraid of getting sick. I'm not really afraid of my family getting sick, but I don't want to pass anything along in case one of us happened to come into contact with someone who was sick as we were flying across the ocean and, and coming across the country. So, what I want you to type to me, I'm going to open up our little chat function here, is some of the thoughts that you're having right now, some of the worries, some of the things you're thinking about that are creating alarm bells in your body. Our bodies are the barometer. So that our bodies really do alert us to when we're cycling through or processing different thoughts. And I actually, I, I know all of us try to avoid negative emotions. We, we buffer against them, we resist them, we try to stuff them down or stuff them in because they don't feel good. It makes perfect sense. It's a very primal sort of urge. But I think at this point in our human evolution, those powerful, strong, negative emotions are also such good alarm bells or, or alert signals. They have a, you, you have a physical reaction. If you're feeling stressed and you notice your shoulders rising, you feel your heart beating, you feel your throat closing and getting dry, um, you can't catch a deep breath, you, you, know, you kind of like get into that anxiety place. What often happens is we throw on top of that a blanket of shame and judgment. And, um, you know, like there, there's a whole dialogue, a whole narrative for many of us like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Um, this is terrible. I should totally just calm down. Have you ever said that to yourself? Oh, why can't you just calm down? Why can't you just relax? Ever noticed yourself? kind of having that negative conversation with yourself, that actually, for most people, just makes it worse. 
It's like yelling, relax. It's the most unrelaxing thing ever. So the very first thing that you can do when you notice those things, because for most of us, we're going to notice how we feel, um, is really start to pay attention to how you feel and how you're behaving. Often that's how these things present. So you might have a physical sensation that you notice, or you might have a behavior. So I mentioned this, but most of us deal with our negative emotions because we think we shouldn't be having them. We think there's something wrong if we're having them. A lot of us, myself included, deal with negative emotions with some kind of a buffering habit. So if you find yourself like cracking open a bottle of wine at 2 p.m. because you're feeling anxious or, um, you know, mine is M&M's, <laughs> I'll send my husband, I sent my husband to the grocery store last night after our kids had gone to sleep just to get a few things for the weekend because we are trying to stay away from humans um, because we've been traveling just to be safe. And I was like, can you please also get some M&Ms? And I, I opened them at 9 p.m. last night. I opened them, I grabbed a handful, and I was like, this is called buffering right now. So what is that for you? Is it watching Netflix? Is it um, binge watching the news? Like if I just, a lot of people do this, if I just get more informed, if I just get more information, it's going to make me feel better. What are the behaviors you take or you, the things you do that try to alleviate the negative emotion. So that's our clue. We want to always start, or I, this is how I approach it. You always want to start with noticing the, the feeling. And it may be through the behavior. It may be just noticing sensations in your body. And the, the thing I give to my clients, the kind of a little assignment, is we do what's called a thought download. So when you notice you're feeling tense or you notice your behavior is you're sniffing at the people in your household um, or you're eating the M&Ms or drinking the wine or watching eight hours of Netflix, <laughs> then you want to take a second, ask for a pause from the people around you. And I like to, I have, I have many notebooks. I'm a notebook hoarder. Um, I have like a little notebook like this from my mastermind. And I just take out a pen and I will fill two or three pages with all of my thoughts, like the crazy ones, the ones that I'm telling myself I shouldn't be having, the feelings I'm trying to stuff, the, the things I'm trying to uh, avoid admitting to myself. And I will just fill those pages. And I definitely recommend you do this. This should be, it will feel like a tantrum that you're having. You're going to have a whole tantrum it might seem really childish and immature. You're going to want to judge yourself. Don't do it. Just write it down. Get it out. As I said, fear and worry thrive in the dark. So when you're trying to just keep the lights off, that's when those little cockroach thoughts and emotions thrive. So take five minutes. Do a thought download. Get it out. Really get it out. We can't process an emotion. We can't process especially a powerful or negative emotion if it's in the dark, if we're not actually seeing it in front of you on paper. I know a lot of people don't like to write. They like to just think about it. No, get it out of your head onto paper. Okay. 
All right, someone wrote, the dark thought that keeps surfacing for me is not being able to manage my teenager's anxiety, that it will stick beyond this event, that it will be something they carry with them for years to come into their adult lives. Concerned, I'm trying too hard to keep them calm and making it worse. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm there with you. Trying to explain this to not teenagers, but like a four-year-old, like why she can't go to school. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's like when you yell, relax, stay calm <laughs> to someone and you're worried that it's going to make them more stressed out. Like, why are we staying calm? What's wrong? <laughs> okay, so the thought is that the thought that's actually creating, I think, pain and anxiety for you is thinking that you're supposed to be able to manage their emotions. I would actually teach them this. Say, okay, teenagers, I have a practice that we're going to do. I don't know how compliant you might be, but you could offer this to them. They could watch this recording. Um, allowing the feelings, not making it be something wrong. Maybe they don't need to feel calm. What if it's totally okay that they feel anxious and you feel anxious and everybody's worried? Talking about it, opening up, um, talking about what the future is going to look like. I actually think those things can be really powerful and I'm going to borrow something that one of my clients said yesterday. Um, she said that this is also, if we take it more on a spiritual perspective, this was a thought, of course, from her. She said, this is a chance for us to love each other. This is actually a love challenge because we're all going to be at home trying to be connected with each other in our houses for three or four weeks at least. How can we love each other through that? So, I mean, that's the question that you might want to do some self-coaching on. If it's not your responsibility to manage their anxiety, but instead to be an example for them of how to live even though you feel anxious. So what is anxiety, right? Like, what does that feel like in your body? Um, had it described as like, I think I described like any kind of stress is sort of the umbrella. Anxiety is like a little flavor. It's the worry. It's the spinning thoughts. It's um, made worse by trying to stay calm in the face of it. But what if it's okay to feel anxiety? You can feel anxiety. You're, as a parent, you know, you can feel a negative emotion and still feed your kids lunch. You can feel a negative emotion, but still get ready for work. Same is true for them. My kids can have a tantrum and we can still keep like going with our day. And I think how you navigate that for you is just remembering that it's their thoughts that are going to create their feelings. Not what you do or don't do. You can't, I don't like, you can't actually make it worse. Whatever they interpret you doing is, is kind of up to them, especially teenagers are basically adults, <laughs> adults with less power, <laughs> but you know, they're fully formed. So I think talking about how you feel is always a really good way of doing it. And even just being vulnerable enough to say, Hey guys, I know I'm trying to like stay extra calm and that might seem weird. Um, but I'm feeling some anxiety about what things are going to look like. And, you know, I just want you to know that I'm here for you and I'm doing the best I can. Um, that's very disarming for people, like in a good way. 
just knowing like, I'm a human. Sometimes I'm going to feel calm. I'm always here for you. I'm here to support you. Whatever you're feeling is totally fine. That's how you help them process. So I hope that helps. Let me know if you have any follow-up to that because I think how we show up as parents in this time is another sort of crucial, it's a crucial parenting moment. Um, I've, the thought that I've been working with for myself in my own coaching is I want my kids to think of this as just an extended vacation and for them to think about society as a whole as we talk about this in the future as like, this is the thing that at the work, I'm in Canada, um, that we did as a society to help our healthcare system, to help all of the amazing doctors, nurses, healthcare providers that can't be overloaded. Like we can't overload that system as a lot of other countries are going through right now. So I'm telling my kids that this is like a preventative thing that, you know, none of us are sick. I don't think any of our friends are sick, but we're just doing what we can to help people who are vulnerable. Um, and the thing that we can do to help them is just stay home. Stay home, not um, overbuy things that we don't really need right now, and send love. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of, like, FaceTiming with their friends. It's going to be a lot of sending letters. We're going to, you know, do a love challenge. We're really I'm really taking what my client said. We're going to make it a love challenge. We're going to be writing letters. We're going to be sending love. We're going to be having coffee dates with people. I'm going to be doing calls like this. Um, and really just supporting whoever we can. We have so many friends who are musicians that are like out of work right now. We're going to be doing what we can to support them. Going to their online co concerts. Like that is another thing. So stress comes from the feeling that you are powerless. That something outside of you has power over you. So anything you can do for yourself, for your children, for the people around you to empower them to make them feel like they are, as Mr. Rogers says, the, the helpers, the helpers in the situation. This is such an opportunity to be creative. Humans are so creative. We are so creative. <laughs> we have gone through some things in our history. Humans can do tremendously beautiful things. And this is a moment for all of us, wherever industry you're in, whatever um, capacity you're in, whether it's you know, parenting, whether it's FaceTiming your grandma, like you can do small things every day. And I think giving that responsibility to our kids to do as well, to think about how can we love people from home? How can we support people who are out there in the world putting themselves on the front line right now? So that's my suggestion on that. And thought downloads every day, like several times a day. Dump it all out of your brain. The next thing that I want to teach you is what often happens is, again, human brains, very efficient. <laughs> we love to have uh, as little friction in our thought process. Our brain, our you know, mental activity follows the path of least resistance. So we're ha habitual creatures, all of that kind of stuff drinking coffee from the jet lag. What happens? Something out there is going on. You might get a, a news notice today that like every business is closed. 
like until further notice. Something definitely is going to happen in the news today. They are, after all, in the business of getting people to read or listen or watch. Something tremendous is going to happen. And we are all going to be right there observing. Anything that's happening outside of you is what we call a circumstance in the world. It's a fact. If we can read some data point, it's a fact. And what happens is our brain reads that fact, hears that fact, um, gets some information because we are very stimulated by more information right now, especially. And it immediately seems as though that piece of information causes a feeling. Again, you feel powerless. You're like, of course I feel anxious because I just read that everything is closed where I live for the next three weeks. But what's actually happening is in that like microsecond, <laughs> if that's a thing, you're having 10,000 thoughts. So there's a fact in the world, there's your feeling, and in this space between, tons of thoughts. Facts don't create our emotions. This is, actually, this is good news. If you didn't know this before, if you have not listened to like every episode of my podcast or you're not my client, you might not know this. We think facts create our feelings, but they don't. There's a fact, you have 10,000 thoughts, and then you feel a feeling because of all those thoughts. What those thoughts are totally depends on your brain, your experience, your culture, your family. There's a lot of people right now who think all of this is a total overreaction. They're so upset. They're like, we're killing the economy for nothing. Like only 50 people died. Why do we, why are we, like all these people are dying from the flu. We don't freak out about the flu. They have thoughts about the same facts that you might be terrified about. How is that possible? Because facts don't create our feelings. Our thoughts do. And the good news is we are totally in charge of how we think and what we think. Now, this is usually the point where people are saying, oh, so I should just like think positive mantras and affirmations and then just like feel better. That's not entirely it. I think that does work for some people. And if it does, why wouldn't you? <laughs> like if you can think about this from like a deeply spiritual, huge perspective, if you can say like, this is the moment in human history where we are being called to slow down and to love and to um, really prioritize, like this is the moment where we get a chance to step off the hamster wheel and like reassess everything, you might actually, that, might, that thought might make you feel expansive. That thought might make you feel open. And if it does, take it, run with it. Um, that actually has been really helpful to me. Every time I get into tunnel vision, I'm like, three weeks, how can I support the people around me? How can I be someone who is doing good in the world? Like, this is just a chance to do some good. But human brains are also tuned to the negative. So if you're not feeling 
deeply spiritual and altruistic and like loving and expansive right now, that's normal. You haven't practiced those thoughts. It's, it's totally normal that you would be thinking thoughts that are creating terror and worry and stress. So how do you change that? Well, <laughs> you don't just change it. You don't just say, I'm going to just think positive things because that actually can exacerbate the anxiety. What I suggest you do is you write those down too. You write down all of the thoughts you're having about one particular fact. So this can be part of your like thought download. You read the news. This is the cycle of thoughts you had. And those, each thought creates a different feeling, a different flavor. So the thought, my kids are going to be stuck at home for three weeks with me, might create a little bit of like uncertainty because I don't know how I'm going to juggle the schedules with my husband who's also working from home. Um, you know, we're unsure about whether we're going to have someone come in and help us or we're going to have a, a relative come and stay. Like we don't want to expose anybody. Like just, it creates a lot of confusion and uncertainty when I think about them being home. But that's a fact. They're home for three weeks. Fact. They're told to stay home. My thoughts about it are creating my uncertainty. I could think a thought like, we're totally going to make this work and then feel calm. It's an option. But my brain is probably, and your brain too, is going to grab onto the option that creates the most fear and terror and worry. Not because there's anything wrong with you, but because your brain's functioning correctly. We did not get this far by frolicking. Our ancestors did not frolic in the meadows all summer long. They remembered that winter was coming. Game of Thrones as well. They remembered winter was on its way and they got to work. They were working hard to store food, to find shelter. They remembered. And that's how we've gotten here. So our brains are always remembering the last terrible thing that happened, applying that to the situation and coming up with usually some negative thoughts along the way, which is totally normal, but it's also totally optional. Once you start to catch it and see it and expose it, you can say, all right, that is one possibility. One possibility for me to think and believe in this situation is that it's going to be a terrible three weeks. I don't know what to do with my kids at home for three weeks. Another possibility is I've had my kids home for two months at a time. They, you know, they're home every summer. We always figure out something to do. My kids are creative. I'm creative. There's a world of better thoughts, not like affirmation-y, positive, Pollyanna thoughts, but like just neutral to better thoughts that you could think. And this is where you get creative. So you do your thought download, writing out all the thoughts you're thinking about the facts of the day. And then you say, okay, when I think this thought, is it helping me or not? Is it helping me to think that I don't know what I'm doing? Is it helping you to think, I have to manage my children's anxiety, my teenager's anxiety. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. If it doesn't feel good, it's probably not. Again, those emotions are just the best alarm system we have. I would say just generally, when you feel expansive and connected, you're probably thinking a series of helpful thoughts. When you feel constricted, intense, you're probably thinking something that's not serving you. All right. Someone else asked, I'm struggling with prioritizing the people in my life and how I respond to their care. 
S. My sister is returning from Singapore on Monday. My mother is quite sickly and in a nursing home. I am her primary caregiver. My kids are naturally number one and my partner also, but last but not least, myself. Hmm. We probably should do coaching on that. (laughs) My heart is heavy wanting everyone to be okay and feeling like it's on me. And my logical brain knows it's not, but they are all looking to me like I'm the flight attendant on the turbulent plane. Okay. I'm going to, I think this is so important. I think we know, we, we think it sounds good when we say we put other people first, but if you're the flight attendant on the turbulent plane and you get sick, no one's getting looked after, right? So I actually use this self-coaching tool that I'm teaching you. This is like more of a simple form um, than I work with my clients, but this alone can change your life. I would make sure you do this every day. This is like like a form of self-care, emptying out your brain, figuring it out. So right now, you feel like you want everyone to be okay. Just like the question about like wanting to manage anxiety. The thing that's causing you pain is thinking that you can make everyone okay. We have no control over other people or their health or their well-being or even what they think about us. Again, that sounds like it's terrible news, but it's actually incredible because it means that the only person you ever can look after is you. Now, you can do things for other people because it feels good to you, of course. It feels so good to love people. But we've all probably experienced a time where we thought we were doing such a good job looking after someone and they were like, you never take care of me. You never nourish me. You don't give me what I need. We've all felt that, right? You're like, I've been breaking my back and doing cartwheels for you. Like, what else could I do? And they're like, I don't know. You're just not doing much. It's because they have thoughts that are creating their feelings based on whatever you do or don't do. And guess what? They're going to have those what regardless. Even if you're perfect in your mind, you do the perfect things for everyone and you figure out how to take care of your sister, take care of your your mother. Um, I want to ask, and you can type this in the chat. I'd love to actually hear what what you think. If you were, let's just imagine, you were totally your number one priority. You knew that your health, your mental health, your physical health, as best you can, as best you can take care of that, you were doing all of the things that supported you to have optimal health, well-being. You were managing your own anxiety, your own calm state. And everyone's looking to you. What do you think they're going to see? They might see, they might think you're being selfish. They might think, how dare you? take an hour a day to meditate and do thought work. I'm anxious. Take care of me. They might think that. But if everyone's looking to you, this is at least what I, this is what I think, this is what I would do. If everyone's looking to me, then I'm going to be an example of what I think they should do. I'm not going to do it for them. I can't change how they feel, but I'm going to do the things that support me. I'm going to exercise every day, which I'm doing. Um, I'm going to get outside and go for walks. So like alone, Um, I'm going to 
take the time I need to make sure my head is right so that when I do interact with people, when I do show up with people, when I make decisions that affect other people, you said you're the primary caregiver for your mom. It's so important for you to have your mind as open and expansive and your heart as open and expansive as possible so that you can make the best decisions based on the information you have. Yeah, they could learn from you. It's so beautiful. And so they're going to have opinions. Like everybody has opinions about everybody and everything and whether we're doing the right things or the wrong things. That's all totally okay. But that's on them. That's how other people interpret things. Um, we were thinking about this, like just I'll share a little bit about my situation here. My grandmother is 92. They live about an hour away from us. And my parents had said, hey, you could send the kids here for a week of the three weeks that they're off just so that you and your husband can like stick to your regular work schedule and just have some time and everything else. And I was like, wow, that's a very generous offer. That's wonderful. They would have such a good time. Everyone would love to see them. But no, I'm not going to do that because just in case, I'm just going to follow the protocol of like social distancing because my grandmother's 92. And if, even if they're totally fine, this is a, an, an epidemic or a pandemic right now where we don't necessarily all have raging symptoms to know that we're sick. So I'm not going to go tax the system by getting them tested for something just as a precaution for my grandmother, but I'm also not going to put them in a situation with my grandmother where they could potentially get her sick, all of that. And that feels terrible to make that decision. Like it feels awful to say we are not going to see her at least for a month. They all miss each other. They haven't seen, they, we, we have been away. They haven't seen each other. They love each other. So the best we can do is FaceTime every day, send videos, send love, send cards, um, all of that stuff. We're just doing the best we can. But sometimes the best we can or the best thing that I think is the right thing to do doesn't feel good. My heart wants to do one thing, but logically, as you said, like logically, your brain knows it's okay and it's not all on you. And when you think it's all on you, how do you feel? When you think you are the flight attendant on the turbulent plane, that is going to make you feel pressure, uh, panic maybe. I don't know what, how it makes you feel, but like to me, that would make me feel so, so much pressure, so much anxiety. And then I would start to try to people please everybody. I would try to like, I would put myself last because I'd be like, okay, you're a priority and you're a priority and this is a priority and like run myself into the ground. And the ironic thing is when you think that you're the flight attendant on the plane and you start to do things for other people and you don't let them figure it out on their own, they start to think of you like the flight attendant. They start to be like, well, it's great. She's got it covered. Like we can just look to her. Everything we need, we can just ask her. Just keep pushing the call bell. <laughs> Bring me another drink. You create the reality based on what you think in your life. Okay. 
If anyone else has questions, wants coaching, if you want to raise your hand, you're absolutely welcome to do that if you want live coaching here. Um, other thing I wanted to mention, I'm gonna probably do some more of these calls um, over the next few weeks. I wanna make myself a little bit more available to, to everything, but just, I wanted to maybe share a couple of thoughts that I've been practicing, that I've been thinking about. And this is part of my own thought work. So just to share, I've been, I'm, a, I'm a master coach, life coach, um, and I have been doing this work almost every single day for years. But I come back to this thought work tool over and over and over again. It's the main tool I use in my practice with my clients because it, it has a way of taking the big jumble or big umbrella of all the things that feel like they're stressing us out and remembering that there's always a thought that creates a feeling and that feeling determines how you show up. So you, you act based on the way you feel. You can't act like loving and calm and kind and expansive and generous if you're feeling pressure and worry and anxiety. It's just like not possible. You could, I mean, you could act that way, but it wouldn't be coming from that energy. And most people can sniff out an inauthentic, <laughs> an inauthentic way of acting. That, those actions dictate what results you get. So I'm going to use my clients one more time for this example. But so many of them this week have been focusing on doing what's right according to their own thinking and according to all the information that they have, doing what's right in the moment as best they can, and focusing their attention on the future. How do you do that? So being future-focused is one of the greatest gifts of the human experience. We, most of us focus on the future and we focus on the bad things. We focus on the terrible things that could happen. Um, my brain this morning woke up at like 3.30 in the morning with jet lag. <laughs> woke up just for a minute and was like having some terrible apocalyptic future thoughts about like, the, being in the Arctic with my kids and them falling through the ice and just like some craziness. And I'm like, we're not even going to some cold place. Like we're not, it was just this random negative thought, but the emotion I felt from those thoughts and that weird jet laggy line of thinking was so powerful and, and negative. And I took a deep breath. <laughs> this is like just a weird random example, but your brain can do a lot of crazy things because it's not being managed at the moment. And when you're tired, of course, it's harder to manage your mind. I thought about this weird, what could happen in the future? And I was like, or we could never go to the Arctic and we could instead think about how to help the people around us in the next couple of weeks. And then beyond that, you know, I feel very lucky that my work is online. I, all my clients are all around the world. I do this with people um, every day. And 
it's not going to change my work life very much. But for my clients, a lot of them have brick and mortar businesses. We've been, I, I did a session with uh, a client yesterday who um, is thinking about moving her medical practice into more of a consultancy and moving that online. And we had the most incredible session where we detailed her program, who she would serve, how she was going to do it, um, even down to the details of like speaking with other doctors in her area and getting the licensing and the, the, the insurance to do all of these types of things because it's slightly different in where she lives. And it was just like, we can focus on how creative we can be in this time and beyond. She can help people all over the world if she does this plan that we've devised for her. Um, and it will, supp like it, it will change her life financially as well. She'll not only be able to serve people in such a big way, help so many more people than she'll ever be able to just see in her small practice, she can help people all over the world, potentially. And this is what I've been working on with a lot of my one-on-one -on -one clients is like, how do, if the world totally looks different after this, which it probably will, how can we thrive there? How can we be there? How can we serve there? How can we love there? And those are the questions I would leave you with because one thing I know for sure, this is my, this is of course, it's my thought, but it's a thought that really serves me and I want to offer it to you. Because worry and fear thrive in the darkness, once we start to open ourselves up, when we decide on purpose to think thoughts that make us feel expansive and connected, and we start to go out into the world, even just online, maybe don't go out into the world right now, but like just being here with you right now, doing that as a practice, as a spiritual practice, or just as a kindness practice, it makes it impossible for that fear, that worry, that stress to continue to thrive. When you start to focus your attention outside of you onto the people who, there are so many people who really need this love right now, that really need financial support right now, that really need toilet paper right now. Put your creative, amazing problem-solving brain intentionally on how you can support those people. The people in your own house need you right now. They need your problem-solving brilliant brain on the project. When you see it flip back into all of what could happen, all of the worry, all of the spinning out on the old tape, that's okay. Don't shame yourself for that. Just say, okay, I'm, I'm spinning in worry right now. I'm feeling this feeling. You close your eyes, do a quick check-in with your body. How do I want to think? Now that, I, now that I'm aware, how do I want to think and feel moving forward? Decide on purpose. Your brain is a computer. Not really, but I can think of it that way just to keep things simple. You can intentionally change the program. So start changing the program. Start focusing outside of you. Um, keeping in mind, that I want to make sure I'm not contradicting myself here. You are the one priority in your life. You have to be taking care of yourself, but only from that place of being fully nourished and being the number one priority during this time can you 
flip the switch to say, okay, I'm nourished. I am well. I've got this. Even if I'm feeling anxiety right now, I can still offer my problem-solving brain out into the world. And that will make you feel good. It feels so good to love. It feels so good to open. It feels so good to help. That's also for you. So I know we think that like when we're helping other people, it's all for them. When we're loving on other people, it's all for them. But no, those things feel good. We get a positive feedback loop on that because of course they're, we're, we're doing what we can to help other people for sure. But it feels good to do that because we are a connected community creatures. So take care of yourself. Do these thought downloads every day pinpoint some of the negative or unhelpful thoughts and feelings. Use your body as the alarm system that tells you, okay, it's time to check in. I'm feeling constricted. I'm feeling worried. I'm feeling stressed. Don't let that simmer in the dark. Write it down. Get it out. Make it okay. Normalize it. It's normal. It's totally normal. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling negative feelings. You're human. It would be weird if you didn't. If you were like, I don't know, it's all fine. Some people are dying. There's a worldwide financial scare and can't buy bread at the grocery store. That would be abnormal. That would be strange. That would be cut off. But if instead you can be like, yeah, this is like totally uncertain. We don't know what is happening. We just have to do whatever we can with whatever we've got, with whatever your personal talents are, whatever your personal skills are, is there a way you can take that and give that out to the world and let it feel good to you? Let it feel good for giving. Don't ever feel shame about feeling good about giving and offering. Okay. That is the bulk of what I wanted to share with you today. I really hope that this was helpful to you. If you have any questions about any of it, um, I will send out a replay of this recording and in it, you'll have my email address. Um, if you're not already on my email list, it's Erin at revitalizeyourrelationship.com. You can just shoot me an email and I will send you the replay. Please feel free to share this with anyone in your life who could use this right now. Tell them to get a pen and paper <laughs> and take notes. But, but truly, um, I just want to encourage all of you. I am here as a resource for you. If there's anything in particular that you're stressing about, that you're worried about, um, that maybe this is helpful for you, but there's like a, something deeper that you think is really specific that you need support on, I'm going to be making myself um, more available in the next few weeks to do that um, when I'm not coaching my clients. So write to me. Facebook, Instagram, you can find me anywhere. I will, um, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. This is the way, this feels good to me, right? Like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to pretend that this is just, oh, I'm just giving to the world and I feel nothing. No, I feel fantastic about offering you these tools because I know how they are changing my life. I know how they're changing my clients' lives. And um, I hope that they change yours too. You can take this and run with it and have a completely different experience over the coming weeks than you would have without it. So check it out. Listen to the replay as many times as you like. And I'm wishing you a weekend full of love and connection with the people around you. Don't be afraid to bring those feelings out 
speak them, write them, talk about them. The best example you can give to the people around you is to be vulnerable and open about what you are experiencing. Make it okay. Don't, we don't have to feel calm right now. We don't have to feel perfect. <laughs> you can say, I feel a little anxious. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. I love you all. I hope you have a best of a weekend as you can. And to all of my healthcare people who are watching right now, I am in awe of you. I love you guys. I think what you're doing is fantastic and I'm thinking of you. All right. Take care. Be well.